We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rotoviz Overtime Dynasty Reanimators Series Part 3. It is the third episode as we kick things off here, talking through the roster that we adopted over at the FFPC in the $250 FFPC Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty League. Sean, we had an interesting show when we talked through on Tuesday some of the players and questions that have been sent in by some of the Rotoviz Overtime community. Talked through those rosters. Give me some ideas for today's show. We talked quarterbacks last week. We had talked about potentially going through another position group today on the show as it will take time to build up those relationships get those trades starting to move trade offers coming in but i think this is an interesting way to talk through it that we'll get everyone involved with their teams with their thoughts on how we're thinking about these players ahead of the season but we also want to add in strategy and thoughts as we go through them and some of the notes that i took when you were doing some of your soliloquies sean on the tuesday show or around patience you know, having the patience to let those teams develop for the players to develop, but also thinking ahead with the trade windows, having a player for the two to three years, try to still trade them at the maximum of their value. And I think that fits in with some of the players that we're going to discuss today that are in our running back core, but I'm sure there's lots of the road of his overtime listeners that also have these players who are maybe either trade targets or players they're looking to trade away. But the part I thought was very interesting, Sean, regarding the window that you mentioned and getting those players was if the player is you know, outside of this potential scenario, they're probably not players that you want to acquire on your rosters at all. So if it isn't a player that could be on your team for two to three seasons and then still be able to trade them without their value being you know, completely tanked at that point, it's probably not somebody that you want to be looking to acquire, but also the patience to let those players then develop and there could be certain situations where it takes multiple years for them to finally have that not just breakout season but I guess the superstar upside that we're hoping to see and the player that you cited in that was DeAndre Swift and his potential one of our listeners Daniel had traded him for a 2024 first round pick which we both agreed was a a fair and very good offer to take but DeAndre Swift is also somebody who is on this roster that we have taken over but you also said that he is potentially in a situation at this point as to when Austin Eckler was behind or you know sharing that backfield with a Melvin Gordon and then had the true breakout and I think part of the disappointment this season as well around how do Andre Swift was used or when he played was you know obviously we see 
Jamal Williams getting into the end zone over and over and over and over again. And we're wondering, can DeAndre Swift get some of these crumbs, please? But, you know, there is the situation where the role's not reversed, but if we don't have a fully healthy Jamal Williams, those situations are going to Swift, and then that value is through the roof. But there isn't many running backs that have come into the league in recent memory who have the skill set and the profile that we see with a, a DeAndre Swift. And the, the upside is is truly that elite running back level. So I think from a, a PPR perspective, he is still somebody who is very interesting. I think he is the long-term profile to still have that success that you mentioned. But there is also the concern of, of how the team did use him in 2023, the injuries he had in 2022 when he was on that really strong stretch and then obviously missed the, the majority of the second half of that season. So Sean, I talked through a lot of stuff there and I want to get the Eckler versus Swift thoughts really fleshed out. But our running back core on this roster, as we start to go through it and talk through it today, I think is in an interesting spot. So we have DeAndre Swift, we have Antonio Gibson, we have Raheem Mostert, we have Damian Harris, and we have Alexander Madison. Some players who will potentially change teams this year, some players who are kind of in that veteran category, but still had success at certain points off this past season. And then DeAndre Swift at the top of that, you know, as I mentioned, there still has that elite potential ceiling for him do you want to start off with the running backs that we have or i think we should jump into in case i'm misrepresenting the eckler versus swift thoughts so colin you're you're trying to nail us down and say that the prediction is that deandre swift becomes austin eckler yeah i think we we uh do we want to keep swift do we want to get a 2024 first for him or do we want to see him roll into 2023 2024 2025 as the the rb1 overall here with the particular team that we have it's a championship roster so we think about dynasty reanimation the fact that we took over an orphan that's so good makes it a little bit odd but also interesting and compelling here because as we do the perpetual reloading we want to make sure we keep as many paths open as possible Swift really the one guy on this roster at the running back position who can be an impact scorer if things go well. Now, there are a lot of other contingency-based plays that I like, and that's one of the reasons why we took this roster is that sort of under the radar, it had more running back value than maybe it seems on the surface. As these guys at the RB2, 3, 4, 5 have fallen out of favor, they actually become more interesting. Now, once you have them on your own roster, if they've fallen out of favor, then basically what you're looking at is a loss of trade value. But what I'm suggesting is the trade value is going to bounce back. And so again, that idea of patience is important. But DeAndre Swift is someone where we want to look at where he is, what could happen. You look at what the Detroit Lions are saying about him, what he's saying. You have the situation where Jamal Williams really emerges as the heart of the offense in so many ways. And his ferociousness, his short yardage ability, all of those touchdowns, become really what the offense is at its base. It's unfortunate if you have a star player who is not the heart of the offense, because that creates some problems in terms of losing those high value touches. Jamal Williams, one of these guys who at the very top of the NFL in goal line carries, even if we don't expect that to carry over and among other things, obviously Jamal Williams is a free agent, but if the lions try to, create an offense in 2023 that resembles what they did this year, taking a little bit of the difficult touches off of Swift's plate, 
then it makes it harder. Because one of the things that has launched Austin Eckler is he scored a ton of touchdowns. <laughs> if you don't have that touchdown upside, then you're not going to be Eckler. And that is one of the huge differences here. But the other element that we have with Eckler is that he scores a lot of touchdowns because of the explosiveness of the Chargers offense. And he scored a lot of the touchdowns from distance, something that DeAndre Swift is uniquely capable of doing. When we pull up the Detroit Lions and we look at them for 2022 and think back to what the thesis was for drafting DeAndre Swift in the first place, you look at his overall yards per attempt, a stat that people in many cases like to sell. But when you look at Swift and you look at the names that he's up there with, I think it's fairly straightforward that he's one of the best and most explosive running backs on a per carry basis in football. The names who are ahead of him in terms of yards per carry are going to be guys like J.K. Dobbins and Khalil Herbert, obviously a trendy name, James Cook, somebody that is a huge breakout candidate this coming season but in many ways has a much more limited overall path even though swift does sharing time if he continues to do that Brees hall rashad penny penny obviously with a limited number of carries there because he got hurt again but before he got hurt he demonstrated that upside when you're thinking about swift in that sort of Brees hall mode again there just are very few backs who can live up to that I mean, Swift is basically a rich man's version of Tony Pollard. And Pollard, you know, one of the backs in all of football, who, again, the trendiest people love the talent. The talent is so obvious there. And so you say, well, I mean, how is he getting to those numbers? And you look at the breakdown, you're seeing three yards before contact, 2.6 after. People are going to say the three yards before contact. I mean, he's not even really doing that. And yet one of the things that I've talked about since – like the 2013-2014 time period and that Blair Andrews has published some great research on in the last several years is that you're getting a discount on these yards before contact and that in many cases they are a player skill. Now, there are going to be a lot of contextual things that also go in there. What types of downs are you running on? What types of defensive formations are you facing? But one of the things for Swift is that if he is used in a little bit more of a niche role, he's going to be more efficient simply because they're putting him in situations where the per play value is high, even if he's losing out on some of these goal line opportunities. So there's going to be a little bit of a balancing there, a trade-off, some good, some bad. But when you have Swift and you see that 2.6 after contact, that's actually an elite number as well. And his evasion rate this past year in terms of that's the broken tackles plus the forced missed tackles jumps up to 16%. That's a very good number for a back with his profile, his side, all of those types of things. What you're looking at with DeAndre Swift is the profile of a true star. And you think back to why we wanted him in the first place, it's because of these very skills. So as opposed to looking at it and saying, you know, these are red flags, he's actually fulfilling kind of our optimistic look at it with the caveat that we would just love him to see more of the touches. If he doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't suffer those two injuries, then he's being drafted in the top six spots in the draft. We say that, but also those injuries did happen, and it did change his career probably for good because the team that he's on is the Detroit Lions. As the backs get older, you can always say, well, in the future, maybe he's in a better position and doesn't have to worry about those things. But running backs get old so fast that you really are focusing on the short term and what's going to happen. With DeAndre Swift, you have a ceiling that comes into play because of the likelihood of a committee, but you also have the star back. You think through this too, and 
it's not guaranteed that Swift is the guy who gets hurt in 2023, even though the track record makes that slightly more likely. If they have Williams or they have a different back as the 1A or hopefully 1B or just simply 2, that guy could get hurt. And suddenly you're looking at DeAndre Swift as potentially the number one scorer in all of fantasy. That wraps us back around to what do we want to do with it from a dynasty perspective. And it doesn't mean that we're sitting on Swift, but it does mean that we're crafting trades where we're either taking a a very similar player who has fewer risks. And that's going to be difficult in some ways because why would the opposing manager give you that guy? Or it's taking on even more risk to get some upside. So someone who might be interesting in a DeAndre Swift category of trades would be Javante Williams plus. The issue, obviously, with Javante Williams, also injuries, also the fact that backs get old quickly, also the fact that now it may kind of shift his overall outlook even when he's healthy. The J.K. Dobbins story, the travails that he had coming back from an injury that was also complicated is creating some opportunity to pick up a guy like Javante Williams. So then you have to ask yourself as a dynasty manager, where am I with that? How comfortable am I with taking that type of risk? And how would I structure the trades? Because if you're going to move Swift for Williams, you're going to want Williams plus. Can you structure it so that you have a balancing piece on the second level that allows you to get a second, more interesting piece in a two for two? Those would be the types of things that we're looking at with Swift. And or if we want to take a future pick and get a very risky player, but an upside player, you can do that as well. Swift is fun because a lot of people are going to view him in different ways. And even though he's lost some value with how 2022 developed, anytime that you have a star, you're in that same situation that we talked about in the previous show with Patrick Mahomes or the Justin Jefferson. You're not, it's not the same situation to that extent where you have that much value. But it is a situation where you have flexibility because you can stay put with DeAndre Swift or if you get this no-brainer deal. I say no-brainer. It's if you just get a deal that allows you to accomplish your objectives, you can take that. You're not forced into making any type of move. And I love that about this team. And I love that about this particular player. Hey, what's up, listeners? It's Curtis Patrick from the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. And now that you've taken your fantasy game to the next level, it's time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level too. Epson just hooked me up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. It's an absolute game changer. With an Epic 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. With a 4K Pro UHD picture this big, I can evaluate plays and prospect game film like never before. Even my kids are as pumped for game day as I am. Go check it out by visiting epson.com slash rotoviz. And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I think it's also going to be interesting to see what happens with Williams. Williams will be 28 years old when it comes to early April and you know, based on the season he had, I, I don't think any team's going to pay him what he's probably hoping to get. And I also don't know if the, the Lions will invest that much in him. A little bit of a, a kind of a, a cult hero after hard knocks and what he was able to do last year. Just to go into it, he had 17 touchdowns in the season. And, you know, we wished a few more of them, them had went the way of DeAndre Swift. But he has 30 career total touchdowns and to get 17 of them in the one season after six years is probably not something that's going to be sustainable for him. So I'd expect those to regress down and I would hope that Swifts are going to you know, move in the positive direction. But Swift, Sean, is somebody who I know we'll continue to talk to, to who on this series, whether we keep him or move him, but definitely one of those very interesting pieces where I think he is 100% of the win now part. He's also in the long-term plan, but he is somebody, if you can get substantial value like that 2024 first that we talked about on the previous show, I think it makes it very, very interesting moving ahead and he really fits different scenarios on different teams you know the one night teams versus somebody looking to do a little bit more rebuilding the other running backs that i mentioned sean gibson mostert harris and madison do they feel to you like players that are going to either only move as pieces to accommodate to finish a deal you know to get it over the line or do you think there is markets there for those guys as we enter into the 2023 season my other question would be, I know we both like a number of these guys probably quite a bit higher than the market would have them at the moment. Yeah, and you want to be aware of the fact that as soon as you get a roster that has these guys, then suddenly your perspective of them changes. You're like, oh, what's the upside scenario? And that's what I hope happens, and that's what I hope to trade them on. So you've got to be aware of the psychology of it and make sure that you're trying to stay level-headed about the players that you have. But this is an interesting group of guys. Because you have players in Damian Harris and Alexander Madison who could end up in very positive situations in free agency. If they do, then suddenly they take a huge leap in value. So you probably have to be patient with those guys. You wouldn't just throw them in to get a deal done because then you lose out on all of the possibilities. Number one, to play them, and number two, to trade them after that value. You look at someone like an Antonio Gibson, and he's a player who not that long ago was one of the trendiest guys in all of football. He's this elite athlete, 
We know about the receiving upside for him. And because of the lead athleticism, he can be explosive. He also was a player who back when he came into the league was very good in the red zone. There are scenarios in which he becomes next year's version of Miles Sanders, just as a potential example. You're looking at these Washington team and there's a pretty decent likelihood that they try and emulate parts of what the Eagles did this season, parts of what the Baltimore Ravens have done. Now, you hope it's a little bit more Eagles than Ravens, but the backs here could be interesting even in a committee. And obviously, Brian Robinson was a player who immediately captivated the imagination of the coaches, had a very solid rookie season. But we go back and look at what actually happened this year. You have the 48 receptions for Gibson, just nine for Robinson. Gibson, almost twice as many high-value touches per snap. Robinson, a player who could take the step forward. So we're not just saying that, that those stats are set in stone and create a destiny that these guys can't move off of in any way. But we want to be aware of ways in which if Robinson gets dinged up or Gibson gets on a hot stretch, if he's the guy who fits better with some of the things that they want to do with Sam Howell, if he's the player that the new offensive coordinator takes a liking to, you could still have some of that upside. We think back to last season and everybody is like, oh, and we should have seen Josh Jacobs coming. You should have seen Miles Sanders coming, taking a player who was the lead guy in an offense that was going to be good. I mean, so many of those things are purely hindsight in both of these cases it's purely hindsight but you want to be aware of players who could have a similar type thing happen even if it's not to that extent and with gibson i think part of what we're looking at is that because the expectations were so high and this potential for him to develop into an alvin Kamara, that's really what people wanted him to be and it's not impossible that that could have happened right so once it doesn't happen then people are oh you know it was silly that we were looking at it that way and it wasn't fair to him. And mostly that doesn't occur. Yeah. Mostly it doesn't occur. Alvin Kamara is an absolute superstar, but can he then become the guy who breaks out in the middle of his career? And if the offensive situation is better there in Washington next season, then perhaps he can. Some of the peripherals for Gibson this year weren't fantastic. It's not like he was a great player in terms of, you know, generating some of these broken tackles or breaking a lot of big plays but you watch the commanders play and you can see just how bad the situation is that the team is putting them in where they're telegraphing all of these runs. They're using quarterbacks like Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. And so it's not the same as playing with the Ravens or the Eagles. It's not the dynamic that allowed Miles Sanders to break out or to have these Ravens backs who constantly are valuable. Now it's probably very optimistic to think that, a new coordinator in a move to Sam Howell instantly creates that either, but you're not betting on one very narrow path. There are multiple ways that can work. The offense gets better. The QB gets better. You have randomness in your favor. You have an injury to Brian Robinson, or you have Gibson take the next step and do some things like we saw from Josh Jacobs last year that to that point, his career didn't really suggest was I mean, with Josh Jacobs, you can make the argument that it wasn't really even in the range of outcomes, but we know that it was because he did it, right? So when we think about the range of outcomes, you've got to be able to think through even the very tail end results. So from that perspective, I, I like Gibson as a guy who can score. Gibson is a guy who can bounce back. 
certainly when you're looking at the running back two position, if you have to start him a few times when you don't really want to, it's not necessarily going to be a disaster. Even in those individual games, you're going to have some upside. But Gibson as a player is someone I would have been selling all throughout his dynasty career to this point because the hope element made him more expensive than most of what the evidence actually told us. We are now moving into a time period where it's going to be the opposite. Now, there are still going to be some leagues and some managers who overvalue him, and that's fine. They're very justified, or I say justified. When you have the player on your roster, your evaluation is what matters. It's fair for them to have high evaluations. But big picture, Gibson is now moving into an area where you can go acquire him, and that makes sense. And so if he's someone you could go acquire and adding him a bunch cheaply would fit with a very nice perpetual reloading type of mindset, then when you already have him on your team, you're not going to move him just because it would be fun to make trades. Now, we would like to move him. It would be fun to make trades. And so we'll be exploring those opportunities. But in all likelihood, we won't get the price that makes sense, at least at this juncture. Yeah, and I think the other part you mentioned there, and when we're having our conversations, you mentioned about the RB2. So basically, we have an RB1 and Swift at the moment, and you're just looking to fill that second spot because we're going to look to fill the flex spots, the wide receiver spots with those wide receivers and to build our depth through the wide receiver position to have the upside in there. So I do think all five of these running backs are very, very interesting for the way we're going to look to construct this roster. I'm sure a lot of the Rotovis Overtime community listening in are probably thinking similar ways with how they would look to construct their team. The follow-up, Sean, to the free agency question is when there is somebody who is about to hit free agency you know you mentioned the committee approach these guys i think can still work in committee approaches would you be recommending to the listeners to cash out on that potential hype as it comes up or to always hold it and see where that lands you know whether it's a good spot or a bad spot because we could see a situation where they land in the i guess we could say the quote-unquote wrong spot and that, that value then instantly tanks well, historically, the value is not going to rehabilitate in a big way. One of the pieces that I wrote two or three years ago now that has been important for just the evidence of these trends that we always talk about, where the value is going to decline, it's not going to rise, is looking at backs who were in situations where a top 100 pick was drafted into their depth chart. That's obviously different than the free agency question, but the fact that those players have more or less universally lost value gives you a sense of how the running back, even more than wide receiver and much more than wide receiver, is the young player's game from a scoring perspective, but also from the perception of value perspective, because dynasty managers are very leery of spending anything on these guys and then losing. You think about Jamal Williams, a player we just talked about at length, and his experience is fairly unique and also unlikely in terms of what happens to a back when they go somewhere for agency. Alexander Madison, a, a somewhat similar player, I would say not quite the level of talent of Jamal Williams when he moved, but you're talking about a big back, a back who runs with a great deal of enthusiasm. That's something that appeals to coaches, as we saw with Williams. When you run hard, even if you run somewhat ineffectively, coaches like to see that. The visual testament to how much you want it on a per carry basis is something that matters. 
And so Alexander Madison is going to have that. He's one of these big backs who can be a multifaceted back as long as you're not expecting him to break a lot of big runs. That contrast between Cook and Madison has been one that has stood out throughout their time together, as it should, because Dalvin Cook, up until this season where he started to really run on fumes, I mean, Dalvin Cook has been a superstar. You're not going to look like a superstar if you're Alexander Madison. But there is that potential for him to go somewhere and do some of those things. His peripherals this year, not as strong as they've been in the past, but still someone who could do well. Damian Harris, the same kind of thing where he's been a, a very solid scorer. In some ways, he was kind of a, a poor man's version or just he was that to the Patriots in 2021 that Jamal Williams was to the Lions, not quite to the crazy extent. But a guy who would get in there, score the touchdowns, he could be back with the Patriots. That'd be a little bit frustrating probably for Ramondre Stevenson fans, but they have guys like Pierre Strong behind it. We know that they're not going to overpay for the running back position. You're also moving into a time period where very few teams are going to overpay. And so that, in many cases, pushes those backs back to their teams where their teams are comfortable with them. They know what they're getting from them. If Damian Harris is back with the Patriots, then you have all of that touchdown upside. If he goes into a situation where he can be a starter, most of the things that we've seen from the two players throughout their career would suggest that there's not a huge talent gap between a Damian Harris and a Josh Jacobs. He lands in a situation where he can be Josh Jacobs because of the opportunity. Then again, you have this value bump. Running backs are almost always the sell high, buy low types of players. And a little bit like with the stock market, you're thinking, well, if it were that obvious, then everybody would do it. But in fantasy, it is a lot more straightforward and that you just have to force yourself when the players actually have value. And you can see from the market when they do that you move them. And when they don't, you try and buy all the contingency-based upside. You buy all of those scenarios that are not currently priced in because they're not particularly likely. And you say, well, if they're not particularly likely, then why do you want the player? But you're talking about your bench. And if you can stack talented backs on your bench because they're either blocked or because they've gotten that little bit older, then you're going to do that. Again, making sure you're managing your expectations. You can't do that and then think, okay, I'm going to have league-winning outcomes from these guys you still are going to need to address the position at the top level and then look for those guys to build depth. If they break out, and by break out, also be a bounce back, if they score, right? If they could be the guy, then they can go into that flex position or they can be immediately traded at that point. So we want to buy low, sell high at running backs. That's going to be our, you say very straightforward, but it's going to be our overarching strategy at the position both now and in the future. Yeah, and the, the tricky part, Sean, for that for a lot of people listening, and I'm sure is going to be like, you know, you're sometimes you're buying low because these are players that nobody, not nobody wants, but that they're not the appealing, you know, popular players to get. And that can be tricky when you're making some of these moves. So I'm looking forward to as we make those moves, sharing them with the, the road of his overtime listeners, and they'll be able to give us their thoughts and, and how they think off them. But yeah, looking looking forward to starting to really get into the moving pieces part of it. But if you are wondering who is at the top of sean's dynasty running back rankings or at any position you can find them over at rotoviz.com if you haven't already signed up for rotoviz nfl pass you can do so using the code rv radio 2023 at checkout that will save you 10 percent off a rotoviz nfl pass for one year perfect time to do it now ahead of the nfl draft ahead of all the different content that is going to be up on the site get you all access to all of the content and tools and uh, set you up for the 2023 
season get those dynasty rosters into perfect shape i do want to mention again sean as we get ready to finish up today's show i did plug this on the tuesday episode we will be doing a road of his overtime listener league over the next couple of weeks it will be taking place on the 26th of february ffpc tournament entry for the never too early contest over there 35 dollar entry 26th of february at 1 p.m eastern so let me know if you're interested send over the details to me on twitter at overtime ireland or emailed over at overtime ireland at gmail.com try and set that up draft against myself and sean and see if you can take down not just our 12th person league but the entire ffpc contest that is going to do it for today's edition of road of his overtime as always drop us a written review on your favorite podcast app we would appreciate that greatly but until we are back next week have a good one thank you for listening to overtime and road of his radio please rate and review the road of his radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at road of his radio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at road of his radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to road of his with a discount through the road of his radio homepage road of forward slash podcast